Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis, the team leader for TGP Adults. This week we are beginning a new unit with Unit 26, titled The Hour Has Come. And we are on Unit 26, Session 1, titled The Anointed Priest. With this session, we take a brief one-session detour from the chronology we've been following, and we backtrack a few days. If you have access to the leader pack, Pack Item 3 Passion Week Timeline will help you orient your group to where we are with this session with respect to Jesus' Passion Week. We've made this choice for our study plan for a thematic reason, to help emphasize Jesus as priest in this unit. One day before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and six days before the Passover festival and his crucifixion, Jesus visited with his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in the town of Bethany. Just a short time earlier, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, calling him to come out of the tomb that had been his final resting place for four days. Jesus proclaimed and proved that he is the resurrection and the life. This visit no doubt was accompanied by celebration and thanksgiving for the miracle Jesus had performed for his friend's family. But it also gave rise to acts of devotion and rejection that would culminate in the great high priest's sacrifice of himself for the sins of the world. In this session, we will see that those who follow Jesus are called to sacrifice in order to show his worth, prioritizing Jesus above all as they point others to him. In point one, we see that Jesus' followers sacrifice greatly for him. This point is framed by looking at the actions of Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha. We encounter this pair elsewhere in the Gospels. Of course, there is the encounter surrounding Lazarus' resurrection in John 11. But there was also an occasion in Luke 10, 38-42 that involved some tension. While Jesus was visiting, Martha was tending house and guests. But Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet to listen to him teach. Martha was put out, with Mary leaving all the work to her. So she asked Jesus to intervene and command Mary to help her sister. But instead, Jesus commended Mary's choice, saying one thing was necessary, and that is listening to Jesus. With this context, fast forward to the encounter in John 12. And again, we see Martha serving and Mary at Jesus' feet. First, we focus on Martha. John mentions her service to her guests, but this time there is no mention of strife or envy. Martha's concern was not for herself but for the joy of serving her Lord. Her hospitality was an offering, a sacrifice, to Jesus. Turning to Mary, whose sacrifice is the main focus of this passage, again we see her at Jesus' feet, soaking up his presence. With this emphasis, you may find it a helpful teaching suggestion to bring in some cologne or perfume so your group can experience something of the scenario in the room as Mary anointed Jesus' feet. The substance used to anoint Jesus' feet was very expensive. As the commentary on leader page 71 says, this would have cost the equivalent of a year's wages for a common worker. The sidebar on the same page explains the liquid's origin and the reason for the expense. At the conclusion of this point, take a few moments to have your group begin to apply the truth of the passage. Not every service and sacrifice is alike, just as they weren't for Martha and Mary in this passage. Yet the Lord receives these as faithful gifts and honors those who sacrifice for him 
The question on Leader page 71 and Daily Discipleship Guide page 66 will help your group consider what sacrifices they can be making for the Lord today. In point two, we see that Jesus' followers prioritize being with Him, a lesson we learn by contrast. After the sacrifice and service of Mary and Martha, enter Judas Iscariot, Jesus' betrayer. Here was a man who looked the part of a good and faithful disciple, but could easily have been numbered among those who were whitewashed tombs. There are two aspects to hit with this passage. One is the legitimacy of Judas's question on his face about Mary's sacrifice. Believers in Christ must have a concern for the poor, because Jesus did. But the point of this passage is that Jesus is our ultimate priority, as it was with Mary and her sacrifice. We must not deny our concern for the poor, but that concern should be expressed with respect to Jesus' ultimate concern for our salvation. He came to preach good news to the poor, as he said in Luke 4.18, quoting from Isaiah 61. That can't be less than the provision of material needs, but it is certainly much more, including the gospel of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for our salvation from sin and death. When we help the poor physically, we should do so in Jesus' name, so that we may show God's love for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in need, and also be able to point unbelievers in need to Jesus' ultimate provision for our salvation, body and soul. The second aspect to hit is Judas's hypocrisy. John 12 verse 6 tells us that he wasn't actually concerned for the poor. He was still just putting on a show, and that must have been a good one to be the one in charge of the money bag for the disciples. What he actually wanted was illicit access to the large amount of money that would have come from selling the nard. He wanted to steal part of it for his own benefit. The life and fall of Judas should be a warning to all of us that it is possible to put on a good show and deceive other people. We may even be able to deceive ourselves. But God always knows, and He will hold unbelieving image bearers accountable for their sins. In point three, we see that Jesus' followers help others believe in Him. Because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Many people wanted to see the proof of the miracle. So they came to see Jesus, but also to see Lazarus alive, walking and talking. There was nothing inherently wrong with this desire to see the fruit of a miracle. In fact, because Lazarus was alive, a living testimony to the power of God in Jesus, many were seeking to follow Jesus in faith. This became such a problem for the religious leaders that they not only decided to kill Jesus, but they would have to kill Lazarus as well. But we should be aware of the human potential to seek a miracle at the expense of the miracle worker, who is God, in the same way that we should beware of relishing in the gift rather than the giver. Believing that the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ constitutes a miracle, then all believers are walking, talking miracles. And as the Holy Spirit works in us to make us more and more like Christ in this life, we should expect people to notice miraculous changes in us. Yet we must resist the urge to be the final focus of such interest. Our miracle of salvation blesses us, no doubt. But this also comes with the joy and responsibility to point others to the source of our salvation, Jesus Christ, so that they too may believe in Him and be miraculously saved. 
When Mary anointed the feet of Jesus with a very expensive perfume, she demonstrated that she was willing to sacrifice greatly because she treasured Jesus more than anything else. A short time after this, Jesus would sacrifice himself on the cross so that we might be forgiven of sin and be made right with God. His perfect life and sacrificial death were a fragrant offering to God the Father so that our sins might be atoned for and we could find forgiveness and grace with God forever. Jesus' sacrifice results in the gift of eternal life for all those who believe in him. Therefore, because Jesus is our greatest treasure, we believers should live with open hands, willing to sacrifice everything to make him known to the nations. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.